Uh, today we're actually moving into a new series, starting a new series today, and we're calling it Life Hacks. And essentially what we're talking about is how do you have a healthy soul? How do we rediscover what it means to have a healthy soul? Has anyone else noticed that 2020 has been brutal? Okay, 2020 has been brutal physically, of course, with a pandemic. Uh, it's been brutal nationally, even with just sort of this uh, election and everything that's happened. Um, emotionally, it's, it's taken a toll on people. And so uh, we felt led as a Zero Collective with our teaching team, we felt led that why don't we just take some time and talk about what does it mean to have a healthy soul? Really what we're talking about is what does it mean to live out of a dynamic relationship with Jesus? So what's what we all have to have. That's what I think we're, we most desperately need in this time, especially as we close out um, the final couple months of 2020. And so that's what we're talking about. So I wanted to begin today, if I could, with a little multiple choice question. We'll see. We don't usually start sermons this way, but um, Pew Research Center um, did some research and they found that 18 to 24 year olds sent and received about how many text messages per day? Do you think it was 53? Do you think it was 128? Do you think it was 1,612? Or do you think it was 95? Now you can play along online as well. You can just say it out loud if you want. But here, for those of you in the room, let's just kind of do a show of hands. How many of you think that 18 to 24 year olds sent and received 53 text messages a day? Okay, nobody thinks that, all right. Okay, one of you, awesome, good job. Uh, how many of you think it was 128? Okay, a few more of you. How many think it was 1,612? Okay, wow. Uh, how many of you think it was 95? Okay, correct answer is 128. I just threw the 1,612 in there just for fun. Do you really think people will do that much? That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> 128, to, to me, and I'm not 18 to 24, but to me, that's a lot of text messages being sent and being received every single day. Have you ever thought about the amount of voices that are in your life every single day competing for your attention, competing for your heart, competing for your mind, your soul? Think, think about how many voices throughout the course of one day are, are just constantly speaking into your life. Uh, a lot of us, we, we don't really realize or take inventory of the fact that we have these competing voices in our lives every day. And we have external voices speaking into our lives and we have internal voices in our lives. Let me just kind of show you what I mean. This um, infograph kind of shows daily time spent with media between internet, social media, watching television, listening to music streaming services or using a games console. That's a lot of external input. It's a lot of external voices speaking into our lives every single day. And by the way, what we think is that during the pandemic, the times on these have gone up for most people. We're actually spending more time, we think, on our devices since March and since the, the pandemic hit. So there's this constant uh, input and constant uh, voices speaking externally into our lives, competing for our attention, competing for our soul. But then every single one of us also has an internal dialogue. We have those internal voices, whether you're aware of them consciously or not, we all have like a story we're telling ourselves about our lives, about our own sense of worth all the time. For some of us, the voice inside our head is very self, uh, you know, loathing. In fact, for some of you, this is what the voice sounds like inside your head. If only I was more fill in the blank, pretty, smart, educated, successful, 
younger, if only I was more, whatever it is. And so there's this constant, if only I could be more, uh, go ahead to the next one there. I don't have what it takes. Some of you, that's the thought constantly in your head. I don't have what it takes. Or maybe it's, does anyone even care about me? If you let, if this is your internal dialogue, if you let this internal voice take control of your soul, it will lead to depression. And in this pandemic, we've seen huge raises in depression and in anxiety over the last several months. And for for many of you, that's the internal voice that you battle every day. For others of you, that's not what your internal voice sounds like. For others of you, it's more of a self-serving voice. I'll be honest with you, this is what mine sounds like. My mind is more of a self-serving voice. A lot of times it's, I deserve better. It's that constant sense of, hey, I deserve better than what I'm getting here right now. It's almost that voice of entitlement. Or, or uh, why don't I have what they have? It's the comparison trap. Always looking at someone else like, why don't I have that? Or why don't they recognize or respect me? And I can tell you from experience, if you let this internal voice get control of your soul, it will lead to bitterness. In fact, there have been prolonged seasons of my life where I was just bitter. I just had bitterness inside of me that prevented me from really living what God had called me to and really enjoying all the things that God had blessed me with because I was just so bitter about this voice right here. So we we have these external voices and we have these internal voices all the time speaking into our lives. And oftentimes we, we don't realize how they leave us distracted and unhealthy. And so we're going to go to Proverbs 2. That's where we're going to start this series out this morning. Going to go to the the writer of Proverbs. And Proverbs is known as as wisdom literature in the Bible. And we're going to begin our series there about what does it mean to have a healthy soul. Proverbs 2, starting in verse 2, says this. Tune your ears to wisdom. Think about the voices, the external and internal voices. Tune your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. So the writer of Proverbs is insisting what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to actually tune our ears to wisdom. You know what the writer of Proverbs is saying? The writer is saying there's a third voice. There's a third voice that you can actually listen to. It's not an external voice, although sometimes it does speak through circumstances or another person or some life event that happens. It's not an internal voice either, even though sometimes it might speak through a dream or it might speak through an inner prompting in our spirit or just some sudden awareness that we have. It's not one of those voices though. It's the voice of God. It's the voice of God. And if we learn how to, we can actually tune our ears. We can actually begin to hear the voice of God, the the voice of true wisdom, the voice of truth that does speak to us every single day, whether we realize it or not. And so um, I want to ask you a question. When was the last time you knew God had spoken to you? Seriously, when was the last time you just knew God had spoken to you? Or let's take it even a step further. When was the last time you knew God had spoken to you and it actually changed the direction you were going? 
didn't just confirm something you already knew or, th- or already was thinking. When was the last time you knew God spoke to you and it caused you to change direction? It caused you to go a different path in life. Let me, let me tell you what's happening in the room right now, and I assume online as well. Right now, what's happening in the room, as you're thinking about the answer to this question, there's a very small percentage of you, it's a handful of you, who are right now going, oh yeah, God speaks to me all the time. I hear God's voice speaking to me all the time. Just this morning, God said, forgive your husband, for he knows not what he does, <laughs> right? Some of you are like, all the time, you're like, yeah, I just sense God speaking to me all the time. There's a much larger group of you who are right now going, well, I don't know, maybe two or three times in my life, there's been something that's happened where, like, I couldn't really explain it. It was just something that, that happened, and I just knew God was leading me. I knew God was speaking to me. And there's a whole other group of you right now who are going, what? <laughs> what do you mean God spoke to you? God, God speaks to you? God speaks to people? A few years ago, I was moving into a new office here in this building. And so I I was moving into this room for the first time. And so I was setting up my desk. And so what I did is I went and I got one of these here, um, one of these surge protector, you know, uh, kind of uh, devices. You guys have seen these, right? And so what I'm doing is I'm setting up my desk and I had several electronic items on my desk. I had my computer, I had my printer, I had some speakers actually that I was using at the time and a lamp and everything on my desk. And so what I'm doing is I'm plugging all these things into this power strip, this surge protector behind my desk. And when I finally got everything uh, plugged in, I went and I, tr- I went to turn on my computer and my lamp and nothing would work. There was no power at all to anything on my desk. So I thought, oh no, maybe I broke one of the breakers or something like that. So I went and checked that, that wasn't the problem. I could not figure out why the things on my desk would not turn on. And so what I did is like a good pastor, I called our tech director. <laughs> and I said, hey, will you come to my office? And I helped me figure out. So our tech director came to my office and within about five seconds, he diagnosed the problem. The problem was in the process of plugging all these things into my surge protector, I had also plugged the power strip back into itself. <laughs> so there was this sort of moment of humility where he goes, oh, I see the problem. He unplugs it from itself, plugs it into the wall, and suddenly, like magic, everything springs to life on my desk. Oh, you know, suddenly everything works. And I I just share that with you to say, some of you are living your spiritual life like this. You're plugged into yourself. You're, You're trying to live out of your own skills, your own talent, your own effort, your own best attempts at trying to follow God. You're you're trying to to live exactly like this. Instead of being plugged into the actual power source of life, all you've done is you've plugged yourself back into yourself and you're trying to live the spiritual life in, in your own effort as much as you possibly can. And if you're living like this, You're probably striving and working and you feel all kinds of sense of shame and guilt every time you fail and you mess up and you can't figure out why you don't see any real transformation. And I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants something for you. It's not something he wants from you. We're going to see that in a moment. God wants something for you. He wants you to live plugged into the power source 
to hear his voice, to have a relationship with him where you hear his voice speaking to you and you are being led by his voice and empowered by him in your life to live the life he's called you to live. That's something he wants for every single one of us. And so we're gonna, we're gonna take a look at that. And how do you recognize that? How do you actually begin to become aware of God's voice speaking to you? And so God speaks to us primarily in two different ways. Now, there's more than just these two, but these are the two primary main ways that God speaks to us. First one is through his word. God will never speak to you and tell you something that is contrary to his word, uh, to the Bible. And the other one is through the Holy Spirit. Now, these are these two things are, are so big that we actually need two messages to work through it. So in a couple weeks from now, we're going to talk about the Word of God. How does God speak to us through His Word? And we're going to talk about how do you read the Bible and actually hear the voice of God speaking to you? How do you actually read the Bible and not just read it for information, for, so you know some facts, but actually read it and allow God to speak to you through it and be led by it? And then today, what we're going to spend our time talking about is the Holy Spirit. How do we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? So you may not realize this, but if you go through the Gospels and with this lens, you begin to realize that Jesus spent time alone with God. He spent time alone with his Father before every major decision that he made in the Gospels. I, I wrote a couple down just to make the point. Uh, before his, he starts his public ministry in Luke 4, he goes away by himself to be alone with the Father and just listen. Before he chooses his disciples in Luke 6, before he sends, he chooses 72 disciples and then sends them out. He, and he goes and spends time with the Father before he does that. And of course, in all four Gospels, before he goes to the cross, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to seek the Father. And so Jesus had this dynamic connection with the Father. He had this relationship with God where he was hearing from God and he was listening and he wasn't making a move and doing things without listening to the Father speaking to him. And then right at the very end of his life, on the last night of his life, Jesus sits down and he begins to talk to his disciples about, here's the relationship I want you to have with the Father after I've been crucified and I rise from the grave. If you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit, go read John chapter 14, 15, and 16. Seriously, we're just going to touch on it this morning. But if you want to learn more about what does it mean to actually hear the voice of God and, and live in tune with the Holy Spirit, go read John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus is talking to his disciples. It's some of the most remarkable teaching on the Holy Spirit from the mouth of Jesus that you're ever going to find. This is what he says to his disciples. He says to them, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. So Jesus is saying, after I've risen from the grave, after I've ascended back to the Father, uh, there's going to be another advocate, the Holy Spirit, he says, another advocate is going to come. Now, what's interesting to note about this is that in the original Greek language this was written in, the word another, when it says another advocate, it means another one the same as, as opposed to like somebody different. Jesus says, the Father will send another one the same as me. In other words, if you know Jesus, if you surrendered your life to Jesus, if you've become a Christian, you're following Christ with your life, you already know the Holy Spirit. You already know him because he's another one the same as Jesus. 
He's the third member of the Trinity is how we understand him theologically. The Holy Spirit comes to lead us into all truth. And the reason the world can't receive him is because they don't know Jesus. If you don't know Christ, you don't even have the ability to hear the Holy Spirit. But you know him because he lives with you now. And later, Jesus says, later he'll be in you. Now we know that actually came to pass in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. The disciples are gathered together in Jerusalem. They're waiting and the Holy Spirit comes and moves in power and, and starting with the disciples, but then eventually it goes to the entire church. They begin to become filled with the Holy Spirit and basically the entire main character in the story of Acts is the Holy Spirit. We don't realize that a lot of times, but you know, in the gospels, Jesus is sort of the main character. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is the main character and he's the one who's driving all the action. Everything that happens in the church is driven in the book of Acts from the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want you to see is that Jesus wanted this for us. <laughs> Jesus prayed this for his disciples. Jesus wanted this for us. He wanted us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit where we were filled with the Holy Spirit, where we were hearing God's voice and we're being led by him. That's what he desired for us. So the question then is, how do you listen to the Holy Spirit? How do you do that? If, if you're following Christ, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, how do you listen to the Holy Spirit? So from Jesus' speech that he gives his disciples in John chapter 14 through 16, I'm going to give you a couple thoughts. The first one is, you've got to believe the gospel. I know you're like, oh, come on, that's so obvious. No, no it's not. <laughs> you've got to believe the gospel. The deeper you believe the gospel the more you will be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Here's what, in the church today, here's what we think about the gospel. We think the gospel is like the entrance exam to get into heaven. <laughs> like you, you believe the gospel and you're like, okay, good, good, now I know the gospel. Now I can move on to deeper things. My friends, there is nothing deeper than the gospel. There's, there's such a thing as going deeper in the gospel, but you don't move past the gospel and learn other things. So, if you want to hear the Holy Spirit more in your life, allow the gospel message to penetrate deeper into every area of your life. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that whether you realize it or not, from the moment you were born, God has been pursuing you in the person of Jesus. And that he's loved you, he's given himself as a sacrifice for you so that not by your own effort, not by your own ability or power, not by some attempt on your own to live plugged into your own power source. What happens is when we turn in faith to Jesus and we put our trust and our faith in him, we connect ourselves into his power source, his sacrifice for us on the cross. And what happens is we become children of God through Jesus and what he's done for us. Why is that powerful? It's powerful because then everything that was available to Jesus is now available to us through his sacrifice on the cross. So when Jesus says, look, there's gonna be another advocate. You're gonna be a child of God. You're gonna hear God's voice. He's saying this because he paid the price for us that by the gospel, he bought us. We've been adopted as God's children and now we have that same access to the father through Christ. If you wanna hear the Holy Spirit more, you have to allow the gospel to penetrate deeper and deeper into your life. I talk to people all the time after services or whatever, people will wait in line to talk to me and they'll say, I've got this situation going on in my life. 
what do you think I should do about it, pastor? And I'll say, well, what do you think the Holy Spirit's telling you to do? And they'll look at me like, well, that's why I'm talking to you. No, <laughs> I'm not the Holy Spirit. You, you've got to do this. You've got to plug into Christ and you've got to begin to seek God. The writer of Proverbs is like, cry out for understanding. Tune your ears to wisdom. Dive deeply into his love for you and begin to listen to the Holy Spirit for yourself. Begin to live out of that place and you won't get so easily pulled aside and pulled into all the things our world wants you to get pulled into or your own internal voice will pull you into. You got to believe the gospel. Look at what Jesus said, John 15. He says to his disciples, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do, let's all say this next word together, nothing. <laughs> what does it mean to believe the gospel deep down to the core of your being in every area of your life? You have to get to this point where you realize that Jesus is the one that produces the fruit in our lives. Apart from him, we can do nothing. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Stop living like this. <laughs> Stop living plugged into yourself, into your own ability, into your own talent, your own effort. You got to have this abiding relationship in me. Watchman Nee, this great spiritual writer, he, he made the statement. He said, Satan's number one goal in your life as a believer, Satan's number one goal is to get you to act unaided. Think about that. Satan's number one goal is not to get you to do some big, horrible, awful sin. Satan's number one goal is just to get you as a follower of Christ to do this. Plug back into your own, to yourself, to your own ability, your own talents, and just act unaided from the Holy Spirit. Because Satan knows if he can get you to live like this, the rest you'll do on your own. He doesn't have to get you to do some big, horrible, awful sin. You'll do it on your own. You won't live a transformed life, and you'll look exactly like everyone else in this world. This is what he calls us to. What does it mean to believe the gospel? What does it mean to have an abiding relationship with Christ, to begin to allow him on a daily basis to lead us by his Holy Spirit? The other way that we listen to the Holy Spirit is through, uh, this terminology is just consolation and desolation. Now, for most of you in this room, those are new terms. You've never heard those words before. These are actually very old words. Uh, Ignatius, who was one of the early church fathers, he actually was the first one to use these terms, consolation and desolation. But essentially, uh, these are not emotions, okay? Consolation and desolation are not emotions. These are inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. If you know Christ, if you, you know the Holy Spirit, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the, this is that sense of consolation and desolation. So consolation is a sense of the peace of God. Now, your emotions may be fear, your emotions may be anxiety. You'll find yourself in a situation where in the human, it's like, man, I'm afraid, I'm not sure, but you have this sense of peace. This is where God wants me to go. This, the Holy Spirit is leading me this direction, even though there might be fear, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it appears there's no money, even though it appears there's no. When we talk about yes before how, you, if you've been a part of Frontline, you've heard us use that language. The language of faith is always yes before how. We're talking about consolation there. The sense that even... Though it doesn't quite make sense, we know it's time to take a step of faith and trust God. There's that inner sense of peace, uh, the peace that passes all understanding Philippians 4 talks about. 
that, that happens in our lives where we know it's time to take that next step. Desolation is just the opposite. Desolation is a sense of the loss of that peace. It's not, it's not a loss of God's presence in our lives. He's always with us. But you, have a, where you, you can have a situation where it seems to check every single box logically. You, you, some of you know what I'm talking about. Seems to check every box uh, in the human. It's like in the flesh, man, this just makes perfect sense. But you just don't have a peace about it. It's like, man, that, something about that, something in my spirit just tells me that's not the right way to go. That's desolation. It's that loss of the sense of the peace that passes all understanding. Even when something makes sense, sometimes we need to stop. And sometimes what God is saying is it's not a no. Sometimes it's a wait. It's not time yet. It's, it's, a, it's a pause and wait on the Lord. There are times in my life where I wish I had listened to that voice of desolation, but I wanted to see results. I'm a driver. I'm that kind of a person. And so I pushed forward when really what the Lord was asking me to do was wait. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Brian. You abide in me. You wait and let me do it. Consolation and desolation. I'm hoping that's just given you some language to work with. Jesus didn't use those words. Here's what Jesus said in John 16. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So again, when the Holy Spirit speaks in our life, it's, it's he's speaking through Jesus and he brings Jesus glory. This is why we talk about the Holy Spirit will never tell you to go do something that does not bring Jesus glory, okay? The Holy Spirit will never tell you something to go do something that is, out of, is in contradiction with God's word. He speaks what Jesus tells him to speak into our lives and we learn to trust that, we learn to listen and he, he moves and works in our lives so that we bring more glory to Jesus. That's what Jesus wanted for us. This is what he wanted us to have. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like Wi-Fi. You know what I'm talking about? Like here in the building, here at Frontline, we have Wi-Fi. And there are certain places in the building where the Wi-Fi comes in really, really strong. And then there are certain other corners of the building where the signal gets like a few bars less and the, and the Wi-Fi just doesn't come in as strong. Here, here's what I'm ta- telling you. Your soul actually knows where those places are in your life. As a believer, your soul knows where those places are where it's like, oh man, the signal is just coming in so strong here. And you know also when you've kind of made a decision or you've moved too fast or you've stepped out of that sense of God leading you and you, re- you recognize it. There's like a moment, your soul will recognize it. There's something off here. I just don't have that sense of the peace and the provision of God. And so this is kind of the main idea I'd love to just kind of land us with here. You cannot accomplish God's purposes in your power. That's what we've been talking about with this. You can't accomplish what God has you to do if you're just plugged into yourself. At the same time, God will not lend you his Holy Spirit power just for your purposes. If your only goal is, hey, how can I get more for me? How can I live out of this internal voice that tries to get me? And God, can you jump on my team and help me accomplish those things for myself? Ain't gonna happen. But if you come to a place where you actually surrender yourself fully to Jesus, you believe the gospel, the deepest part of your being to where you trust him. He loves you. He has something for you that you couldn't even imagine on your own. What, what happens is he will begin to speak and he will begin to lead you into a bigger, better life. And you won't look just like the rest of the world. The biggest problem with the church today is we don't look any different than the rest of the world. 
That's not what Jesus wanted for us. I just tell you, he wanted something so much greater for us. And, And it's available to every single one of us if we put our faith and our trust in Jesus and we just sort of leave it on the table. Um, so why don't we do this? Why don't we seek the Holy Spirit? Why don't we cry out for understanding? Why don't we tune our ears to the voice of true wisdom? Why don't we do that? Why don't we live that way? You know why I think we don't? Fear. I think we're afraid something weird is going to happen. Or that something's going to happen that's going to make us feel uncomfortable or that the Holy Spirit's going to tell us to do something that other people won't understand or other people won't approve of. Or or we just think that something bizarre or uncomfortable or weird is going to happen if we really open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. And there are people who have done really, really weird things with the Holy Spirit that have not lined up with what Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit. And that's what's sort of given, I think, in the church, the Holy Spirit, a bad name a little bit. And the scriptures say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. John 10, my, the, the sheep, my sheep know my voice. They, they've learned to recognize me. The, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. What does it look like for you to just open yourself up and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak more into your life. I was thinking about, um, as I was preparing this message, a couple weeks ago was Baptism Sunday. I have this little ritual I do after Baptism Sundays here at Frontline. I love to drive home. After a week like we had just a couple weeks ago, I love driving home. Because on the drive home, what, what I do is I just pray and I just say, God, thank you that I got to be a part of this today. After we baptize all those people, I literally just driving home every, every Sunday after a baptism Sunday. We hadn't gotten to do baptism in a long time. It was just like, God, thank you. Thank you that we got to do this. Thank you that we got to experience this together. And as we were driving home, I, I just felt the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to me. Well, not an audible voice or anything weird. I just felt like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and just said, Brian, what if you had never left? And instantly, I, I was 24 years old again. At 24 years old, Uh, Our son, Alan, our oldest son, had just been born. He was two months old. And we were at a great church in Roanoke, Virginia with a steady paycheck. And I was just feeling that sense that the Lord was calling us to more, calling us to go be a worship pastor. And so there was a church in Greeley, Colorado, large church, awesome church. There was a position available, steady paycheck, all that kind of stuff. It was all on the table. Things were looking like that's where we're supposed to go. And I had this friend that just kept saying, you got to talk to this guy in Grand Rapids, Michigan called Jim Miller. He started this church called Frontline. It's a year old. It's like 70 people. And so out of more respect for my friend, I ended up talking to Jim on the phone. And I ended up flying out here to Grand Rapids, Mission, more, Michigan, more to just check it off my list. I'd never been to Grand Rapids, Michigan in my life. Grew up in Indianapolis. I got here and spent a week here in Grand Rapids in this community and with the church, 70 people at that time. And I just knew, there was something in me that just went, I just, it was that sense of consolation that we were just talking about. It made no sense. And at the end of that week, uh, I'll never forget Tim Rosell, who was our treasurer of the church at the time, and he and his wife, Chris, still are part of Frontline. Tim sat me down and just said, I want you to understand, we'd love for you to come here to move your family and your newborn baby out here to Frontline uh, in Grand Rapids. But I got to tell you, we can pay you for three months. Three months. And if something doesn't happen in three months, we can't pay you. You have to figure something else out. 
I got on the plane. I went back to my wife and I said, pack your stuff. We're going to Grand Rapids. I knew it. I just knew. I felt like God just said to me, driving home a couple weeks ago, what if you'd never left? Then I felt like he said to me right after that, what if you'd quit? 2015, 2016, I wanted to quit. Is that bad for me to say to you? I wanted to quit on you. It'd been a horrible year. So many things had blown up, staff issues and transitions and implosions. And then I got cancer. I just wanted to quit. It wasn't spiritual. It was just like, I'm just done. I just want to be done here. And I would go out on walks with my wife, Carrie, at night, and she would just say, what is God saying to you? And we would pray about it. I would pray about it. And I just felt like that sense of, I, I'm not released yet. I can't quit. Desol- that sense of desolation. I just, I'm not supposed to quit yet. I don't know why. There's no good reason for me to stay. But I just didn't quit because I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, don't quit. And out of that season was born the Zero Vision and the Zero Collective. And now there's four churches going through this series together right now. I can't even believe what God's done. It all turned out okay. Here's the point I'm trying to make. I am still learning about how the Holy Spirit speaks, okay? I don't have it all figured out. There's lots of stuff I don't fully understand, but here's what I know. I know it to the core of my being. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. You can trust Him right now in this pandemic. You can trust Him in the midst of this season. In fact, you need him. You need to be living out of that voice in your life. And if you don't have it, God help you. Because this is the only life you've got to look forward to. How's that working for you? So here's what I want to do. We we don't usually uh, close our services this way, but what I'd love to do is just sort of lead us a little bit in a a time where you're going to pray. Here's all, I, here's all I want. We're just going to create some space in this room. And I just want you to say, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've entrusted your life to him, I just want you to take some time and just say, God, is there anything you want to say to me? And as we're just sitting here, as we're just waiting on the Lord, he may speak something into your spirit. Or he may not. <laughs> and that's okay too. And if he doesn't, it may not even be this moment. It might be Wednesday. Suddenly you just sense So all I'm asking you to do is just open yourself up and just say, Lord, is there anything you want to speak to me? Is there anything you you want to say to me? You might be surprised what he says to you. Almost every time I do this, the very first thing I hear God say to me is, Brian, you are my kid and I love you. It's almost always that's the first thing I hear. And usually it's because it's the thing I need to hear. So would you bow your heads with me? This is not intended to be weird. Nothing about this is weird. Holy Spirit's not weird. (laughs) Let's just have a moment where we just pray and invite his presence. So Lord Jesus, we just come to you in faith. We just acknowledge you are the vine, we are the branches. Apart from you, we can do nothing. And so as we just submit ourselves to you, we just ask you, Lord, is there anything that you want to say to us right now?